0: It's great to hear from Nick, isn't it? Yeah, isn't that good to hear of someone who's uh, given God their life and uh, said, God, here I am, send me. Let's pray for him. Let's pray for Haiti. Let's pray for what God may have put on your heart. What has God put on your heart in terms of serving him this week and with your life as you think about uh, the life that God has given you? Let's pray for a minute. Father God, um, we pray for Nick. We pray, Lord, that he would start well as he begins school this week and, God, as he has years in front of him of studying and of preparation. And it's not just preparing him for nursing, God, it is preparing him in many other ways. Many things will happen to him over these coming years. And, Lord, we want to join with him in his preparation. And so, Father, would you give us a prayerful encouragement. For Nick and for others, uh, young people, especially young adults that are training, Lord, for life, for your life with them, wherever you may want to put them. We pray, Lord, for the people of Haiti, such a poor country, Lord, and yet also a very wealthy country in terms of relationships and in terms of the church and its stepping out and stepping into the issues that it finds itself in. We pray for the pastors and for, uh, Lord, the leaders and for the people of Haiti who love you, that they would, uh, Lord, declare the gospel with joy. Uh, Lord, and that we would, uh, Lord, know that they are also praying for us. And they're sending people, sending uh, many Haitians in in Canada, in Quebec, uh, Lord, uh, an unreached people in that province, Lord, that uh, many people would go and hear the gospel through someone from Haiti uh, accepting your call upon their life to come to Canada and to preach the gospel here. We pray, God, that as we uh, go into this time of teaching, and we're going to have more prayer later, of course, speaking to you, God, that you would open our minds, Lord, we're here We've come today to worship you, and Lord, in this moment, we also want to learn with you and from you and for you. So, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, right now, would you do your work, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning. It's good good to be back. I was uh, with... uh, I was with the army for a couple of Sundays. I was gone for a week, but that involved two Sundays, and uh, things are well uh, in terms of, terms of the military, in terms of what God is doing in many lives there as well. And uh, someone said, "Was it a busy week?" And I said, "No, it was a bit of a quiet week." I had a few things to do, but when the when the chaplain when the padre is quiet, that means that people's lives are usually not going too badly, so uh, we can give thanks for that. But it's good to be back with you. I missed you. And uh, Kimberly is not here. She is driving my son and uh, his family to the airport right now, um, and so we had a good week with them as well. I jumped back into my son being here, so it's been a busy week, and we're going to try to get our lives back in order now that uh, summer has come to an end, and I hope that all of you have uh, had a good summer, and as we prepare for school and the things that happened in the fall, that God will continue uh, to lead us. Thanks as well for... um, as we journey through COVID, through just, you know, respectfully caring for each other, loving each other. I know that it's hard to sing with masks on. It's hard to even breathe with them on a little bit. Uh, I would talk to you, but I'd probably hyperventilate and pass out on the spot if I was speaking right now. So I'm going to take mine off and put it back on as soon as I'm done here. All right. Uh, let's go into where we've been. We've been teaching in the book of First Peter. And although we're not quite finished, this will be our last Sunday in First Peter. Next week is our kickoff Sunday. Just uh, a little word to you. We're going to go uh, with one service next week as well, simply because uh, with, with COVID and everything that's happening, I think that if we went to two, we'd have about this many people in two services. So let's fill it up a little more in one service. Uh, we're also not going to have the pig roast next Friday. You probably heard that already. We're going to wait till COVID's over and we can have the big bash, uh, maybe not over, but a little over more than it is uh, right now. So stay tuned for that, uh, please. Here's where we've been. Whoops. I'm going to try to make this work. Oh, there we go. Let's back it up one. Perfect. Three words that change everything. Jesus is Lord. That should change everything when we say Jesus is Lord. You know that, uh, that uh, the demons tremble when they hear someone proclaim Jesus is Lord. He is Lord of all creation. He is the the creator of all. He is the supreme ruler of all. Jesus is Lord. And when we keep our eyes on Jesus, much like uh, that little pooch is keeping his eye on the master, as the master is paddling and the dog is just tracking after the master in the lake, that's an illustration I gave a few weeks ago, we know that, uh, that life changes for us. Jesus is Lord, changes my loyalty. Think about that for a minute. We're no longer loyal uh, to the things that may entice us that are not good for us. We are no longer loyal to things that we used to chase after. We're no longer confused about our loyalty. We have this loyalty in Jesus Christ. And Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. He says, now you have placed your trust in God. You have this loyalty in him. Uh, Jesus is Lord, changes my identity. We don't see ourselves the same anymore. Uh, you know, think of even how Nick, as a follower of Jesus Christ, and going to YWAM into to Haiti for a few years, his identity is even more locked in that Jesus is the Lord of his life. The Lord has called him to, to some things. And because the Lord has called him and his loyalty is to Jesus and his identity is found in Jesus, he is preparing for the rest of his life in terms of serving Jesus. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. This morning... You have come because you are God's people. God's people are meeting all over the world today, and we are here as well in that. And then finally, Jesus is Lord changes my behavior. Uh, Because we're loyal and we identify with this new kingdom, we are uh, citizens of the kingdom of heaven. No longer just citizens here on earth as we just kind of do our thing and do the best we can until we're not here anymore. Um... We, we have a different behavior. And, and Peter says then, because of this, your new identity and your loyalty, be very careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. And this is a key verse. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will witness your good behavior, your good deeds, and they will give glory to God when he comes and judges the world. They won't be able to actually say anything bad against you when they stand in front of God because you have acted in such a, a, a wonderful way. Your behavior has changed. God has transformed you. And we looked at these areas. Today, we're looking at the point of, uh, or at the subject of telling others. Because Peter goes through these things. We've talked about government. We've talked about work and suffering and marriage. Uh, and now we're looking at telling others. What does that mean in my behavior of telling others? And there's two or three points I want to give you in the in the time that we have this morning. All right? Uh, here's the first one. How do I tell others about my new life in Jesus? Uh we want to tell others, but we also want to effectively tell others. And we want to have uh, the moment that God gives us. And by the way, I think that if, if you commit to saying, I'm going to share my life in Christ with other people, and I commit that no matter how bad I may mess it up, I'm going to try. And by the way, how many people have tried and think you've messed it up? Sure. I think we could all put up our hands on that one. Um, I believe that God gives opportunities to those who are willing to take the opportunity. And to, and, and to go with it. And to say, uh, Father, and I've said this many, many times. Uh, Father, I have no clue what to say in this moment. But I trust that your spirit is with me and you will give me the words to say. Uh, I spent, as I said, about 10 days on the ground with uh, about 500, over 500 soldiers. Uh, very few of them are followers of Jesus. Maybe 5% of them would be followers of Christ. Um, all week, uh, I was just praying this prayer. God, would you, would you make me an instrument uh, of your kingdom? Will I witness well for you? And God, I don't know how you're going to have me do that today, but I'm willing. Provide me those opportunities. How do we do that? Well, first of all, I think it's very clear. We tell them respectfully. I tell people about Jesus respectfully. Uh, notice it says here in chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, Worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Okay, I'm going to be ready, God. I'm going to try to be ready. A little aside, that means that you should think about it. Okay, you should think about it. Having a having a plan of how you might share Christ, even though the plan may go sideways in the moment. Uh, practicing how you will share, thinking about the things that that... Uh, your story has within it of how you came to know Jesus and to follow him is really important. Be ready to explain that. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. We always speak respectfully to other people. And when you read the scriptures and you see Jesus explaining the kingdom, he did so respectfully. When you see the apostles explaining Jesus to others, they did so respectfully. When you see Paul in front of, King Fe- uh, in front of Festus and, and I think it was Agripp, uh, he, he spoke... Uh, Felix, pardon me, the governor, he spoke respectfully. Uh, And then, getting back to even the slide before, if they speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. And so we do that respectfully. That's the first point. The second is this. um, I tell others expecting to be misunderstood. I believe that we have to expect to be misunderstood, and and Peter even talks about that. By the way, Peter is talking to a people that are uh, living under Nero's reign, where Nero is trying to actually exterminate the church. Uh, And Nick talked about Haiti and how it's hard, but there are other places. uh, And um, Andrew talked about how, uh, you know, the Voice of the Martyrs app, there's someone in the world somewhere who just, if if they knew that this person was a Christian, it uh, it would be curtains for them. They would be hunted down and killed. We've, we've heard a lot about Afghanistan in the last two weeks, last three weeks. Right now, we're hearing about, you know, women and, and children and others who are being persecuted. Christians are being hunted down in Afghanistan right now. Uh, they're being hunted down and killed because they have professed Jesus, because they have moved from, uh, from worshipping uh, in, in Islam to worshipping as followers of Jesus Christ. And that is a, an offense within Islam, punishable by death in Afghanistan today. And so they are being hunted down. Uh, they are being misunderstood in terms of their faith. Now, we have to expect that in, in any culture that we live in. And there are three reasons why. And Peter talks about these. Because Jesus was misunderstood and rejected. Notice it says right there, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer as well. Jesus um, suffered. And as Christians, we have to expect uh, to suffer. Now, here in Canada, our suffering would be trivial compared to other parts of the world. It's really more of an inconvenience. It, it It may be more than that before our lives are over. We just don't know. But Jesus was misunderstood, and Jesus said, they misunderstood me, they will misunderstand you. They persecuted me, they will persecute you. And so I, I want you to just keep that in your minds as you think about sharing Christ, is that you will be misunderstood. Uh, it's simply unavoidable. Uh, people may be polite about it, but you will be misunderstood, which is why Peter goes back and says, so live such good lives that though people do misunderstand you and they accuse you of things, they won't be able... To stand in front of God and say that when He comes and judges the world, and so Jesus was misunderstood. Secondly, and Peter is very good about this, he says because you and I are sick of sin, but the people around us are not. Now think about that for a minute. You have come to a place where you said, God, I I'm tired of my old life. I'm tired of the person that I was. I'm sick of sin. Uh, It's like I'm dripping in it and I just want it gone. And we sang some songs again this morning that that talk about how our lives now have been redeemed by Jesus. We are free of sin. We do not have to live in that old lifestyle any longer. God has called us out of that into this wonderful new life of being citizens in the kingdom of God. And and because of that, we are just, we're tired of that. And, And Peter says, if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. We're finished with it doesn't mean that it doesn't try to maybe grab us at times like an octopus with a tentacle that grabs us and and pulls us back into some things. We have to say, no, get away from me, Satan. Leave that behind and we, and we, we move again. But notice it says you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. You have had enough of the past, of the evil things that godless people enjoy their immorality and their lust, their, their feasting and their drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. And, and because we are done with sin, but the world is not, that leads to misunderstanding. It leads to people saying, why aren't you enjoying these things the way we are enjoying these things? And the simple answer is, if we witness Christ is, you know, I'm, I'm done with that. It, it doesn't entice me any longer. I don't enjoy that anymore. I don't like waking up with a pounding headache, wondering what happened to me last night. Or I don't, I don't like chasing after all these things and it's all about me and I acquire as much as I possibly can while other people have nothing. Or to go back to, to Haiti, I, I'm, I'm tired of, of, of living in a context that, that, that it's about gather as much as you can here in North America while a country not very far away has, has such deep poverty that, that people literally have nothing to eat. I'm done with sin. But others in the world are not. And so, because of that, we'll be misunderstood. Uh, third and, and finally, there, whoops, is because my new identity has, has changed me. Do you see that? Your new identity in Jesus has changed you. It, it has not changed the people that you may uh, have used to have hung out with your friends and, and even your family members, the people that you work with, the people that you live around. They haven't changed. But you have. You're done with sin. It's over. You're living this new life in this kingdom of, 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 of incredible joy in Jesus Christ. You have been filled with the Spirit of God. And God's Spirit speaks to you in every moment and in every context. And when there is sin going on, the Spirit is saying, you don't need that anymore. That's garbage. That's, that's like eating junk food that's going to ruin your life and destroy you. Come and feast on the things that I have prepared for you. And so as we live in the Spirit, we have changed and we live in a world where, where others have not changed. Our identity has changed us. And so notice, of course, your former friends will be surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things that they do. And because of that, you will be misunderstood. You'll be misunderstood. We will be misunderstood. It doesn't mean that people may not respect you. It doesn't mean that people may not in their in their deep moments uh, wish that they were like you. It's not that people won't recognize God in you and say actually the way that they are acting is the way I really hope God is. Full of grace, full of truth, full of mercy, full of love, full full of forgiveness, full of compassion. It's not that people won't secretly want that and secretly identify that but their identity hasn't changed and we cannot hold people whose identity hasn't changed to the standard that we now live in we hold ourselves to that standard and because of that though we will be misunderstood and peter says that and we have to accept that and it drives us then to prayer that we will, we will live in the strength of God and that we will, uh, we will project such a beautiful picture of God that others will want to be in the kingdom with us as well. So that's second. Third, how do I tell others of my new life in Jesus? I tell others with my Jesus community. And I think actually that this is perhaps the most powerful witness that we have in terms of telling other people about Jesus. We tell other people together. We tell other people, not just in our own personal, single life, we have that opportunity, but the greatest witness, I think, of the kingdom of God is God's kingdom people together and how they live together. Notice, we we tell others with our Jesus community, with agape love, the unconditional love, the God love that the Holy Spirit places within us and that God loves us with to begin with. Be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love, deep agape for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. In the church, practicing forgiveness with each other is one of the most powerful witnesses in the kingdom. One of the most powerful witnesses to each other and one of the most powerful witnesses in the world. That we would forgive, that we would overlook the differences that we have, that we would share and live together in such a way that that, that others who see us, whose identity is not in Jesus, look at us and they say, man, I I wouldn't do that. There's no way I would forgive that person for slighting me like that. There's no way that I would live practicing that kind of forgiveness. I don't know where they get that from. I don't know how they can live that way. It's a witness that we bring to the world. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay in our hospitality, in our agape, in loving others. Christ is seen. And then finally, with my spiritual gifts. God has given each of you a gift. How many people uh, think they have a pretty good idea this morning? Hands up of your spiritual gift. If you think you know what your gift is, nice and high, put it up there. Okay, we need a spiritual gifts course. We're going to run it, and uh, you're all going to show up, and we're going to... No, I'm just... But it would be good to know, right? If, if, If God has given you a gift... And, uh, and he said, this gift is for you, and this gift is for you to spend on other people for the rest of your life, and you will have incredible joy from, from exercising this gift that I'm giving you, and other people will receive even more joy when you exercise that gift within the community called the church, my bride, the bride for my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, if God expects that, then then and he says, this is what I want you to do, then we have the joy and the privilege and the honor of simply doing that within the church. And that's a witness to the world. Because when we exercise our spiritual gifts, something supernatural takes place within our lives together. And Peter talks about that. I've I've omitted those verses, but but he he says, if you have the gift of serving, serve in such a way that others will just go, I can't believe how beautiful this is. If you have the gift of, of... teaching or of telling others or of whatever it might be, do it with all your heart and with all your might, with all your soul. And then everything you do, and he's saying that plural, by the way, everything that you collectively do together will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. See, it's all glory and power, not to you. It's all glory and power, not to me. It's all glory and power to The Lord Jesus Christ, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I think at times the church doesn't have as bright a witness in the world. uh, Because often we go, you know, uh, my gifts are, uh, they're not worthy of being used with others. Other people have better gifts than me. Does the Bible say that? No. So who's telling you that? Who's feeding you that lie? Certainly not the Lord certainly not the Spirit. Uh, One of the things that that I I see people struggle with as well, I've seen people who have served Jesus with their gifts for maybe 10 years, 20 years, even 30 years, and they get to a place and they go, you know what? I've done my part. I'm just going to let other people take over from here. I'm not serving anymore. Um, Where does it say that in the Bible? It doesn't say that at all, does it? Uh, if you're here this morning and you know that you have the gift for doing something in the kingdom that will, that will lead to greater strength and greater joy and greater power and greater witness to the world, and you're going, no, you know what? I did that for five years. I'm done. Um, I trust that the Lord will speak to you in this moment and say, I- I'm not telling you that. That's not what I said about my gifts. The gifts that I have provided are to be used until the day you take your last breath or you're physically incapable of doing it anymore because that's when your gift is given back to me and I uh, stand there with you and you as the steward tell me what you have done with what I have given you. It's a parable of the stewards right there. The parable of the talents. What have you done with what I gave you? Well, I dug a hole and I put it in the ground. And God goes, really? What did you do that for? Wouldn't you rather be the person that says, God, I invested it. And look what happened. And God will say, man, I'm just so proud of you. I'm so pleased with you. And look what's happened." And I think that that in that moment, God is going to show you in that moment. When you stand in front of him in that moment, all of the things that happened that you have no idea about as you shared your gift. You had no clue. That this life was going to be changed and then that life was going to change that life and that life was going to change those three lives and those three lives are going to change those people over there. And it all started because one day you were willing to simply say, God, I'm available. I know that you've given me a gift. I don't even know how to use it super well, but I'm going to try and you're going to teach me how to do that. Others are going to teach me how to do that. And guess what? The church is going to grow and is going to thrive and there's going to be a witness to the world and a joy within the church. Because we're all doing what God has called us to do with what he's given to us. I really, really trust that you will receive the joy that the Lord has for you by simply putting into action, by simply stepping out and saying, God, I'm going to use what you've given to me. I'm not going to put it in the ground. I'm not going to dig a hole and bury it. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to step out and I'm going to use it. And when that happens, the church becomes this powerful force that has no opposition in the world. The church is unstoppable when God's people step out in his power. Do you believe that today? Let me say it again. The church becomes unstoppable when God's people together step out in the power of the Holy Spirit with the gifts that they have given us, supernatural gifts. I I will confess, there have been times in my life where I have said, in terms of pastoral ministry, I've said, God, I'm tired and I'm weary and I'm done. I'm done. More than once. You know the message I get from God? Sometimes the message I get from others is, yeah, you're right, you're done, you should leave. Um, Sometimes that's a human message, all right? But the message I get from God is this. Buckle up your chin strap and get back in the game. Buckle up your chin strap, put on your helmet, get back in the game. Put on your armor, put on the breastplate of righteousness, put on the shoes for the gospel sharing it. Put on the shield of faith. Pick up the sword of the spirit. Put on the helmet of salvation. Wear the armor. Get back in the game. Serve me until your last breath because once you take your last breath, the serving of me on this earth for my kingdom's sake to win the world in the mission that I am on, it's over. And when it's over, then you can give it back to me and then we'll talk about all the moments that, that, that you don't even know about. Where you served me, even when you were at your weariest, and even when maybe you didn't feel like it, but in obedience, you stepped out and did it anyways, look what that has done. And I will fall on my knees, and you, when you hear about that in your life, will fall on your knees, and you'll simply say, God, you are so amazing. I had no idea. And it takes all of us together to do that. And that's how the world is won. That's how the world is won in terms of God's mission, working through our simple human lives with what he's given to us. Well, that's all I got. I'm pushing my button. Nothing else is coming up, all right? (laughs) I tell others respectfully, let's be respectful to the world. This world is lost. Do you see the lostness of the world today? You know, I'm increasingly getting... Uh, I would say even broken over what I see. The world is just descending into chaos and darkness and selfishness and brokenness. And I, I, I just see, I see what's happening. And, and the world needs the church. The world needs us to step into this darkness with the light of Jesus and to do so respectfully and gently, but also expecting to be misunderstood. Expect misunderstanding. When misunderstanding hits you, when someone says, "I don't like what you're talking about," or if someone says, "I accuse you of this," and it's your righteousness that they're accusing, you, don't get your back up. Instead of getting your back up, get on your knees. Let's get on our knees. Let's pray. Uh, one last little point is, I think the Holy Spirit puts it on my heart, folks. We need to pray. We need to pray. I hope that in your house churches, you're praying. You're praying for each other, but you're praying for this world. Expecting to be misunderstood. And then finally, our Jesus community. Let's, let's just gather and let's, let's, let's get this done, okay? I've got one less day today than I had yesterday on this earth. I want to serve Jesus till my last breath. I won't always get it right. And you'll, you'll, you'll let me know. <laughs> we'll let each other know. But we'll keep on practicing. We'll keep on getting this done. As the Lord says, follow me into this world. Amen? All right. Well, then let's pray. Can we do that? I want to lead you in a, in a, in a, in a, in a time of prayer. And I think that really, um, as I thought about this, I, I think there are three challenges for us today. I think the first challenge for some of us is, is leaving sin behind. I think that, that for some of you here today, uh sin is is it just keeps grabbing at you and pulling you in and it keeps grabbing at you and pulling you in and maybe you have something in your life that you go god i've been trying to lick this thing for years and years i'm done with this i don't know it, it could be criticism it could be uh it, it it could be some kind of sexual sin it could be uh it could be greed it, it 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 could be just i i don't know it whatever it might be but but you just it could be anger but god just is is reminding you today you know what you're done with sin. You're done with this. It's finished. When I hung on the cross and I said, it is finished, it's finished for you too. You're done. And God's response to you as you struggle with that is live in the grace that I have provided for you in my son, Jesus Christ. Live in the freedom of the Lord. You don't have to live in that, in that filth. Just get out of it. Stand on this new ground that I have created. Stand with my son. Be filled with my spirit. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. Forgive you of your sin. Cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that might be for you today what God is saying. Just, God, I'm done. I'm done with sin. I'm going to stand again with you, and I, I'm putting it behind me. Perhaps, for some of you, it's, it's you know, I've, I've become a follower of Jesus, and my friendship group is changing. I used to hang out with with, with this group of people and I love those people and I want to share Jesus with those people, but the things that they want to do, I I can't do that anymore. Those things just drag me back into the first one about falling into sin. I, I don't want to live this way anymore. And and if I hang out with this group of people who don't understand my new life in school, what's the matter with you? You're no fun anymore. Uh, I, I have to make a choice. And, and the choice is I have to find some new friends. I have to find a new life with some people that have the same values and the same understanding of, of life and have the same Lord and Master and Savior that I have. And that's hard. And you may almost feel like you're you're judging others by not hanging out with them anymore when, in fact, you're not judging them. It's just that you can't live that life anymore. And that's hard. And God's response is, I understand that. My son was rejected by people, too, and, and he refused to live that lifestyle, and they, they didn't treat him well. And But I have a group of people for you, the Lord says. I have the church. And they're not perfect, believe me. They mess up too but they're trying to follow me, and you need to join them. And maybe it's maybe you have to find a new friendship group. Maybe you have to leave some things behind there. I think the third challenge for us, too, is maybe this morning you haven't been loving your brothers and sisters. Maybe you've uh, taken the gifts that God has given you, and you've dug the hole, and you've stuck it in the ground. He said, you know, I, I'd rather just not know what my gift is because frankly, it's an inconvenience and I, I'd rather just not deal with that. Or I don't feel adequate. Or perhaps you said, no, I've, I've exercised my gift for years. It's time for someone else to do it because I'm tired and frankly, I'm a little frustrated that there aren't more people doing these things. So count me out as well. And the Lord's saying, do up your chin strap, get back in the game. It's not over. My grace is sufficient The joy will be yours as you serve me. You have no idea the lives that are going to be touched that you will one day see when you stand with me and we take a look at that together. I don't know which one of those challenges are before you today. But I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer and then I'm going to close with us uh, praying specifically for a person or people that we know that we desperately want um, to experience Jesus with the way we have experienced him. All right? So let's just go into prayer for a minute. Will you join me in prayer? I'm going to give you a moment. If if if, if God is, is speaking to you about one of those things, take a moment and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you some more as you commune with him in this moment. Father, speak to us through your spirit, we pray. Holy Spirit, don't let anyone leave here today without speaking a word of of both encouragement and of challenge, which is what you do, sometimes in the same breath. Challenge and encourage and remind. Spirit of God, remind us that we are done with sin. Father, for those that are struggling in sin, they can't seem to get that that grip off their life. Lord, in Jesus' name, free them, I pray. May they simply say, I am free. Be gone, whatever it might be. Whatever kind of stronghold the enemy may be trying to put on someone's life, may they understand that there is no place for the enemy in the life of a Christian. And may they live in freedom. Father, set us free again today. May you fill us with your spirit. And Lord, may that joy of being being free, the chains are off of us. We stand clean with you because of your death and your resurrection, washed clean. Lord, may we live in the freshness of those new garments and of the washing we've received. Father, we, we have a burden for this world. It is impossible to read the news or to watch what's going on without seeing how dark, how broken this world is. Father, we will be misunderstood. In the Lord, across the world, our brothers and sisters are dying because people misunderstand freedom in Christ for a threat against them somehow. Lord, governments, others, Lord, hunting down your people lord protect them today but may their witness be bold even in death and father may our witness be bold here in Canada where we have so much freedom lord may we may we speak respectfully may we speak joyfully may we act lord in a way as the church that just father is a fragrance a fragrance of life in this valley in our neighborhood, in our workplace. And Father, we ask that you would stir our gifts, Father. May we have a a dissatisfaction with with burying what you've given to us, Lord. may, May you convict us of that and challenge us that I have given you this because I have handpicked this gift for you and it will delight you. It will delight you. Do not be afraid of what I have given you. This supernatural ability to be a part of my work. Lord, may may we not grow weary of using our gifts. May we not be ignorant of them. Father, may your church be powerful. May New Life Church be powerful in this valley. And finally, Father, we, we pray for those that we have a burden for. Lord, we, we think of, of just the name that you have placed or the names that you have placed in our minds and in our hearts. We take a moment, Lord, and in silence, we pray, Lord, your salvation upon their lives. Holy Spirit, speak to them right now, wherever they are, whoever they are, whatever's going on, speak to their lives. We pray now, please. We pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are speaking into their lives right now. Through whatever circumstance, maybe just a voice in their mind, reminding them of your call upon them to know you, to experience all that you have for them. Father, we will not stop praying for these people that you have burdened us with, trusting that you are speaking, trusting that they will turn from their evil, from their sin, and they will, Lord, they will embrace you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. All this we pray in the powerful name of our Lord and our Savior and our Master and our King, Jesus, who has died and risen again and who sits at your right hand. We pray this. Amen. Amen.